Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to the last episode of The Hilo for 2018. Hold on to your knickers because we are now taking a break and we'll be back in February, early February. I want to get that out the way now before I even introduce what this podcast is because I know that some of you will be very sad. Welcome to The Hilo, the weekly current affairs and pop culture podcast brought to you by journalists Dolly Alderton and Pandora Sykes. And we certainly aren't recording this if you cremants to the good straight after we recorded the Christmas special it's not back to back at all we have all convened on the I think is it the 28th today guys mm, it's mm. 28th of December we've all convened it's the end of 2018 guys what a year what a year book published baby baby birthed, baby birthed. come on CJ give us something CJ's been very integral Successful to the world work cup developments yeah yeah you were, a, you were a big part of, of the World Cup, I think. Yeah, that big that football competition. Yeah, yeah, he did loads in that, didn't he? Yeah. You are listening to us during Betwixtmas. It's my favourite time of year. I time. love Between this time Christmas of year. Christmas and New Year. We, it's a sacred time of year. This I is think. when I do my reading. Mm. I do my. Oh, I just Eating. bed down. Oh, I know you won't enjoy this, but I also went to IKEA during Betwixtmas last year, and it was one of the best retail experiences of my life. <laughs> It was empty, and my husband. I love London. This pushed time of me year. around. Four thousand four hundred eighty-seven years pregnant on a trolley, just plucking little things into my. <laughs> I won't say my basket. Probably just balancing them on my giant belly. And anyway, it was a wonderful experience. Anyone in London, go to IKEA during Betwixtmas. Panda, what are you going to read on the Hilo sabbatical? We thought we'd give you a heads up on the literary front when we are off for five weeks about what we will be consuming and then we'll fill you in on when we're back. So I hope to read during our time off Becoming by Michelle Obama, which is out now. We were recently lucky enough to have an excerpt of Becoming read by Obama herself on the podcast. And unsurprisingly, it has hit number one on the non-fiction hardback list and I expect it will stay there for quite some time. It's a hefty read, which means it's not one I can heave around in my handbag on the tube, which makes it perfect to that betwixtmas sofa time. Can't wait to immerse myself. I'm a bit late to the party with this one, as a lot of people have been talking about it. Vox by Christina Doucher, out now, dubbed The New Handmaid's Tale. The premise is fascinating. It's set in the modern-day USA, and the government rules that women can only speak 100 words a day. So, sort of in that kind of dystopian, some might say newtopian, feminist fiction realm. Excited about that one really excited about The Parisian by Isabella Hamad out 9th of April 2019. Yes, this is a big heads up. The Parisian is about a young Palestinian man named Midhat exploring the idea after the First World War. Described as historical fiction centred with an intensely human story, Zadie Smith has described Isabella as an enormous talent and her book is a wonder, which is the sort of ultimate accolade for a 
27-year-old debut fiction author I've ever heard. Um, I'm actually surprised I hadn't heard of Isabella before because she is tremendously successful already. She was an undergraduate at Oxford before being awarded a scholarship to Harvard, a studentship to Cambridge, a fellowship from New York University and a Plimpton Prize for her short story published in the Paris Review called Mr. Canaan. Amazing. I recently took out subscription to the Paris Review as I love short stories and essays and I suddenly thought, why the hell am I not subscribed to this? So I'm super excited to do a deep dive into the back issues and I'm going to read Isabella's short story, probably at the same time as reading The Parisian for like ultimate all-rounded reading experience. Notes to Self by Emily Pine, which is out now, is another one I'm excited about reading. It was sent to me by an editor I met with a few months ago who told me how excited he was by this book by the Irish author Emily. He said it offered something completely fresh to the stable of personal essays, which is quite something. From a flick, it looks like it cuts quite the punch. It covers fertility, sexual violence, addiction, the biology of female bodies. I'm so excited that to read this. That sounds fascinating. Diary of Somebody by Brian Bilston. I know I'm not alone when I say I adore Brian's poetry. This comes out on the 13th of June, 2019. So again, a bit of a heads up. Brian has been dubbed the Insta Poet Laureate, which I think is a bit insulting. Insta poetry is a great phenomenon, bringing, as it does, greater access and a modern bent to poetry. And indeed, I've enjoyed sharing some of my own poetry via Instagram recently. But it also gives off the impression of sort of being less. And actually, his poetry and a lot of Instagram poetry is incredibly clever. One of my favourite poems he's written is about pasta. But there's also this powerful poem that works backwards as well as forwards that he is probably best known for called Refugees. It's absolutely incredible. I implore everyone to read it. Brian's fans include Stephen Fry and J.K. Rowling and he's already had a best-selling anthology initially crowdfunded called You Took the Last Bus Home. Adding to his appeal is the fact that he is a complete mystery like Banksy. Mm. His ASL is totally unknown, could even be a pen name. I am thoroughly looking forward to it. Jonathan Coe described it as the quintessential English comic novel, which makes it sound a bit like Adrian Mole, which is amazing. And lastly, I'm looking forward to reading Duped, Double Lives, False Identities and The Con Man I Almost Married out 15th of January, written by New York Times writer Abby Ellen after she almost marries a con artist who claimed to be working in international espionage. The book investigates how even self-aware smart people can find themselves taken in by ludicrous scams. The book looks at why so many of the perpetrators are male and the science of pathological lying. Um, Abby Ellen is a really esteemed journalist for the New York Times and she shares a lot of her own quite, you know, painful personal experience in the book. I'm so excited about reading it. Dolly, what is on your bookshelf during the Hilo's time off? I'm very excited about reading the debut non-fiction book by the totally hilarious and wonderful Joel Golby who your is favorite. I love him so much his writing is I think some of the funniest writing I've ever read and he has a collection of essays out called brilliant 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 <laughs> I think it's such a good name for a book oh I can't wait to read that critical essays and that's no it's, it's it's no it's uh, it's like essays from life it's about growing up and I truly am so excited about reading it I've, I've ne- harassed never, him never about sending me a proof does a journalist encapsulate that phrase from the ridiculous to the sublime mm, mm. he's brilliant and it will be a, a totally totally brilliant and hilarious and I think probably at times heartfelt book as well and that's out in either late February or early March I think 
no doubt I will be shouting about it nearer the time. I also will be reading Milkman by Anna Burns, which won the 2018 Man Booker Prize for Fiction. I've got to be honest, I couldn't do it. It's right in front of you right now, tucked into that little shelf. I'm going to have another go, though, because mm. obviously... It's quite abstract, why. isn't it? Yeah, it's about the... Um, troubles in ireland in the 60s and um good bit of advice from you from laura freeman who i was talking to about reading aloud and how can be quite therapeutic and she said reading aloud is her best advice for a book that you find really thorny Mm. when you can't get into the narrator's head and she said that reading the milkman aloud um helped her to inhabit because it's written very stylistically yeah a very unusually written book so she said reading aloud really helped her that's a good tip yeah so i'm gonna have another go at the milkman as well thank you for that and what else are you looking forward to, Doll? I'm looking forward to reading Kudos by Rachel Cusk. Ooh, which I love is, her. Yeah, it's the third in a trilogy that I mentioned um, after our summer break mm-hmm. because I read the first book, Outlines, about a female protagonist who is travelling on her own in Europe who is in a state of flux and I just love the way that she writes so I'm very excited about that. And then finally I'm going to read A Spark of Light by Jodie Pickold which I know you mentioned on the high-low a while back. Here's to heaving bedside tables. I cannot wait for the bumper back-to-school book special already and to hear about what you've enjoyed. Me too. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I'm quite excited about this. So Dolly's done. Is this a quiz of the year? Okay, so to be oh clear, it's an animal quiz. It's a quiz about events of the last year. That's what happens when things I we've rogue. mentioned on the high low, and also some trivia about all three of us. So it's just like a dumping ground. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a it's a little bit of a mix. Charlie Jones and Pandora Sykes will be taking the quiz. I am the quiz master. Yeah, very nice. You mustn't be nervous, Charlie. Mm. I'm too badly at this. I can tell. Okay. Question one. Yep. The Eurovision Song Contest was held in which city? No idea. City or country? City. You can't... Don't look at Charlie's. I know he's... Charlie, you've got to be careful. You should be a little bit sneaky. Oh, God. Dollar, I don't know any cities aside from London or Paris. (laughs) Question number two. Pandora had a baby this year. On what date? Oh, that's so good. I can do that one. Can you pass me the cremant, please? Who's that for? Is this for our listeners as well? <laughs> is this for a quiz? This is a quiz for our listeners as well, isn't it? Okay, so the listeners should be playing along. What are that baby's middle names? Wow, doll, if the rest of the quiz is like this, I might do quite well. Also, slightly creepy if the rest of the quiz is. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening to the previous episode, I have one of the tiny hands... In my hand right now. I'm quite attached to it. And I'm going to put it in Dolly's drink at one point. Maybe it could eat an olive for me. (laughs) Number four. In a January top line, what food did we report is under threat? This isn't right. 
Number five. There's a sort of bonus point for this. The main question is, what county did Charlie Jones grow up in? And for a bonus point, what town in that county? Town. Is it a town? I gave you a village in the town. (laughs) Village. Village. I thought this was a good one because we always assume Charlie is from a county that he's not from. And he actually slightly lost, slightly lost his rag at me about it. Where do you assume you're from? It's like a trick question. But his accent is never eat shred wheat. He doesn't have much of an accent. He's a bit accentless. I was told that at uni once. It was very hurtful. <laughs> an accentless man. Um, I mean, these are all... Do you know what the only ones are going to get right at the name of my sodden child? Number six. Who won Love Island? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Number seven. What was the name of the leotard sold this year to help dogs not shed their hair? We covered that, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, this is awful because this shows... No, it doesn't show my lack of investment. It shows that I have zero memory. I'm the editor. (laughs) Number eight. What kept being found frozen in Cape Cod this year? Number nine. Which opera was given a new ending in Florence's Opera House as a feminist modern twist on the original story? I can remember what it was gone with. Oh, this is so depressing because it just reinforces my belief that really I can't even remember where my own arsehole is. And no, I don't need any help finding it. Number ten. Who is Dolly's broadband provider? <laughs> When you said you've gone rogue with this quiz, <laughs> you're a f- you are you're something. Oh my god, Dolly, you're such a little number eleven. You're naughty. Which man was given a position in the office for students only to have it taken away partly due to offensive tweets? Number twelve. Which football team does Charlie Jones support? It's going to be quite hard for our listeners. This is quite, um, I'd say the one they might struggle with the most might be your internet provider. <laughs> but everyone will learn. Finally. Why do we need to know? <laughs> listeners are on the edge of their seat. <laughs> you know, when I talked recently about having boundaries about what, you know, what I shared, do you think you could do some of those? <laughs> uh... Now, I roped in the help of Oliver Tritton for this one. Number 13, how many books does Pandora have on her nightstand on any given day? I can't even answer this. Did he count? He gave me like a ballpark. On the nightstand. Right now, probably. Okay. Fine. This quiz has something to be. May I remind you that this is a pop culture? Number 14. <laughs> A letter was written in Le Monde earlier this year in which French women expressed their fear of Puritanism sparked by the Me Too movement. Which famous actress led it? Occasionally, your journalist self pops back up before she then goes back to sleep for a few questions. She's still here. Number 15. Altrincham Grammar School banned teachers from calling its female students what this year? Number 16. m brought out what vegetable 
calling it a steak for £2.50. That's great. I still want to try it. I'm not even sure if that's the right answer. Number 17. Dolly published a book this year. Did she? Write down a line from her favourite one-star review on Amazon. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I wish I bought the Tupperware. <laughs> this, this... Oh. oh. Damn it, CJ, we're better than this. Let your imaginations go wild on this. I'm really not going to be offended. Okay. You asked for it. Number 18. Name three other podcasts that Charlie produces other than the Hilo. Adora's look of horror. Do you know the answer to that? Okay, okay. Okay, no, no, it's fine, Rick. I've got this. Okay. Nailed it. Number 19. When are the bins collected on Dolly Street by Camden Council? Did you write this when you were drunk? This is the most insane shit you've Um, do, do they come twice a week? Were you not allowed to say? That's not my place to say. Is it not your place? Right, okay, cool, great. Got a good feeling about this answer. <laughs> Number 20. What was erected... Last question? No. There are 30. <laughs> what was erected in London for President Trump's visit? Erected or unfloated? Number 21. In what month was Prince Louis born? No, don't put the tiny hand in my drink. Don't bite the tiny hand that feeds you, Dolly. <laughs> um, how old is he now? <laughs> You're meant to be a bloody royalist. So in what month? What month? Mm-hmm. Yep, so I just want... Has he had his first birthday yet? I can't answer that. <laughs> Number 22, what is Pandora's current favourite sandwich? Is it the same as yours? Yeah. Oh, I could really do another one now. I'm hungry. It's late, listeners. It's past seven. We're Num- Trojans. Number 23, what is Charlie Jones's favourite sandwich and why? <laughs> How am I meant to know that? He's never talked about it. You've just, you've gone to him privately and said, CJ, what's your favourite sandwich and why? But he's never spoken about it publicly. Maybe he has and you haven't been listening. No, but he's spoken about, um, he has baked crust slices, he has crisps that his wife packs, but like he hasn't ever spoken about his favourite sandwich. I think this is... You have to do an educated guess then. I just feel a bit angry about it actually. This is the first time I will speak about it publicly. (laughs) What's his favourite sandwich? And why, and why? He looks like a meaty kind of guy. Number 24. Battersea Power Station was sold this year in the UK's biggest property deal. How much was it sold for? Oh, that's riveting, doll. Thanks for that. Got that from the Evening Standard magazine. You really delved deep into 2018's (laughs) hottest moments. I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Battersea Power Station was sold this year in the UK's biggest property deal. How much was it sold for? Biggest property deal. Interesting. I was surprised by that. Oh, I do find that market very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Number 25. Who designed Meghan Markle's wedding dress? I've had moments where I thought I might die during this quiz. Number 26. Who is Charlie's favourite footballer of all time? And for a bonus point, current footballer. 
You don't even know who Dali Ali is and you're asking this question. Isn't that a dress designer? <laughs> you're a ch- that was my answer to the previous question. <laughs> His favourite footballer of all time. Oh, I don't even know who he supports. He's going to be so offended by this. He's going to be like, you don't even know me. It's your fault. Number 27. I'm just naming what people I know. What was the name of the reverend who gave a rousing sermon at <gasps> Meghan and Harry's wedding? Oh, I can picture him on the lectern with the candle shaking. Do you know what's really depressing about this is I think of myself as a bit of a news hand and it has just proved that it is in one ear, onto the high-low... And out the other. This is not right. This is not right. I'm angry. Number 28. Pandora mentions most that she is A, thirsty, B, tired, or C, hungover. Again, that was from your husband. <laughs> such a cock. Number 29. Who did Justin Bieber marry this year? Didn't hear. Oh, Charlie, didn't for hear. God's sake, get it together. And finally, number 30. There was a debate this year about how a certain word was heard. Either you heard laurel or there was a recording of a word that went around online and people either heard it as laurel or and then another word. Swap answers. swap answers I'm going to get about 2 out of 10 I mean it's 30 2 out of 30 Hi, listeners swap answers with your friends at home if you need it you really are a super fan and that play was the, along that was the best <laughs> number 1 Eurovision Song Contest held in which city the answer was Lisbon what did you guys have Charlie wrote Vienna uh, Pandora wrote Never Neverland <laughs> Pandora, if you were just taking the piss, then I just, I don't want to go through the answers. I thought it was there. Pandora had a baby this year. On what date? Charlie, you a-hole. What did he say? March. He said the 15th. Pretty close, still. The 1st of March, yeah. (laughs) He opted out. Did Pandora get that right? Sorry? Did Pandora get that right? Uh, She did, yeah. Number three. What are that baby's middle names? Uh, Charlie just went with an X. (laughs) I thought that's what it was. (laughs) And the answers are? Grace Valentine. Very good. In a January top line, what food did we report is under threat? I couldn't remember. So all he went with olives. It was chocolate. Oh. Did we? Yeah. Oh, stick with red. I've never felt it's under threat. I went with mm. potatoes. Yeah. That was a joke because I don't think they're under threat. What village and county did Charlie Jones grow up in? What did Pandora write? Devon. <laughs> Literally could not be further away. Berkshire and Binfield. I know someone else from Binfield. Yeah? Who? <laughs> Charlie's so aggressive. Another time. God, he knows who won Love Island. Danny Dyer and Jack Fincham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the name of the leotard sold this year to help dogs not shed their hair? Charlie went, opted out. Uh, Pandora went for doggotard. <laughs> what was it? It's the Shed Defender. Number eight. What keeps being found frozen in Cape Cod this year? Charlie went with carp. Uh, Pandora went with fish. It's sharks. (laughs) 
I mean, fish, I think, is slightly hedging your bets there. <laughs> I don't like this quiz. Number nine. Which opera was given a new ending in Florence's Opera House as a feminist <laughs> modern twist on an old story? I'm talking about with cats. Yeah, I did hear the opera part. <laughs> How did she have a feminine ending of cats? Feminist ending. What did Pandora go for? Uh, Katerina. The answer is Carmen. I knew it had gone by the sea. Oh, look, we both went for the same internet provider. Number 10, who is Dolly's yeah. broadband provider? We both went with BT. Obviously. Sadly not. Who is it? The answer is Relish. Who the fuck are they? What? They're very good, and I'm not being sponsored to, to say this. Literally £5 a month. They were so fast when I moved in. Next day, had the router in there. Highly recommend. If you're not being sponsored by them, you're shagging someone there. Which man was given a position in the office for students, only for it to be taken away shortly afterwards, partly due to offensive tweets? Toby Young. Toby Young Toby is Young. the right answer. Which football team does Charlie Jones support? Pandora went for Cool Team United. She couldn't even <laughs> cool y- team come with a, a real team. <laughs> I thought you'd be let... Do you know what? I think that that was a diplomatic move. Cool but Team that was quite, United. That was quite Switzerland, because if I'd gone for, like, Man United, you'd have been really angry. If I went for a fictional but quite, you know, cool-sounding team... It does sound oh, cool. I'm way more angry about Cool Team United. Then you would have been about Man, Man U? Yeah. CJ, the answer is... <laughs> what about if I'd gone for Spurs? Well, you, you don't know the answer, so I can't be offended by oh, suggesting a real team. The answer is Arsenal. It is, and Dolly knew that. I did, actually. And I think it's rather embarrassing that you didn't. Never letting you be the quiz master again. How many books does Pandora have on her nightstand oh. on any given day? Wow. God, you're such a... I was way off. Charlie gave me four. But how many can you fit on a nightstand? Well, Charlie, how many can you? What's the answer? 19. Ollie said between five and ten. He sleeps the other side of me. There's about 20 up there right now. On Um, one bedstead. God, so you get closer. Yeah, go look. (laughs) Charlie won the point and it's my bedstand. Number 14. A letter was written in Le Monde earlier this year in which French women expressed their fear of puritanism <laughs> so sparked by the Me Too movement, which French? famous actress I didn't, I didn't hear French. French. I didn't hear French woman. Rose McGowan. I didn't hear French woman. But that, uh, there is a logic in that. It's wrong, but... <laughs> it, the answer is Catherine Deneuve. Yeah. Well done. Outringham Grammar School banned teachers from calling its female students what this year? Girls. Girls. Well done. Yeah. Be honest, Charlie, was that an educated guess? Yes. Yeah, me too. I, I would have guessed slags, I, was, I think. I was tempted to write sluts, but I thought that you might call me out. <laughs> Number 16, M&S brought out what vegetable and called it a steak for £2.50? Cauliflower! Is it cauliflower? It is cauliflower. Yes. Dolly published a book this year. Write down a line from her favourite one-star Amazon review. Charlie wrote... So I've just realised that Charlie's written it all in capitals. It's a bit of like a, a visual assault. Charlie wrote, too smutty. This is what I was really excited about because I think it is like such an insight into what you two think of my weaknesses, my character flaws. Yeah. Too smutty. What did Pandora say? Uh, I wish I'd wiped my bum with it. So the correct answer is an absolutely terrible book, the worst I have ever read. <laughs> <laughs> is it because you don't have a, um, a I drainage I just like jacket? that one. I just... Is it because you don't have a drainage jacket? It's because I don't have a drainage jacket. Why hole. the fuck did that not make the quiz? What part of my body is missing? A drainage jacket. So that's my favourite, just because it's so to the point. But I thought this would just be a fun bit of extra trivia. Here are three other ones that I loved. The High is a great podcast, but this book is just awful. It's gone to the charity shop. <laughs> charity shop is pretty worthy. Self-indulgent nonsense from someone who just comes across as spoiled and immature. Her best friend seems nice, though. Would rather read her book. Did Farley write that? 
<laughs> yeah, Polly wrote that. And finally, this was a close contender. She comes across as selfish and jealous and a terrible friend, not a character you can warm to at all. There is nothing interesting about this woman's life. If there was a zero star button, she'd have it. <laughs> can I just say, not independent of that, I have realised that I hate Goodreads. When I feel sad, I go onto Goodreads and I Google my favourite books to see what people are saying about them to make myself feel worse. I've had Goodreads, to stop looking. Goodreads has become my That new wasn't Reddit. even Goodreads, that was Amazon. Oh, I do quite like Amazon. Number 18. <laughs> Name three other podcasts that Charlie produces other than the Hilo. What did Pandora say? Uh, Pandora wrote the football one, the other football one, <laughs> and the one in gardens. To be fair, Charlie... That to is be the fair, correct Charlie answer. wrote Italian football, Scottish football, gardening podcast. Point for both. I, I would you say that's fair that she gets a point? I'd say half a point for the two football answers because you haven't distinguished. I'd say I preferred it when you were mute on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Number nineteen. When are the bins collected? On Dolly Street by Camden Council. CJ went with a strong Tuesday. What did you go for? Wednesday. The answer is Thursday morning. <sighs> Sadly. God, and we so should have known that. Call yourself a journalist, Pandora. Number 20. What was erected in London for President Trump's visit? Well, erected was the wrong word. It was the baby blimp. It was the blimp. In what month was Prince Louis born? June? January. April. Oh, my God. Your favourite sandwich is disgusting. (laughs) What is Pandora's current favourite sandwich? Oh, you think that's my favourite sandwich? (laughs) What is it? Tuna and cucumber. My absolute bet noir. Love that sandwich. That's the the prep baguette. Let's give it its juice. No, Dolly. Let's give it its moment. I shan't. That's the prep cucumber and tuna baguette and it's delicious. Vile, foul, don't ever speak to me when you've eaten it. Goodbye. But the correct answer is Pandora. The best ever prawn sandwich. The M&S best ever prawn sandwich. Not Spawny. Number 23. What is Charlie's favourite sandwich and why? This is quite moving. Ham and cheese because it takes me back to childhood. Okay, that's actually not what you said in the email when I asked you for the answer. What did I say? You said ham and cheese. Nothing gives me the same simple joy as meat and cheese in between bread and butter. Oh, that's so creepy, CJ. I think you get... I think... What did you say? No, no, I mean this his. No, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. What did I say? You said BLT because you can always rely on it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, you know. Some, I, some I think only life. Charlie gets a point in that, sadly. I mean, it was his favourite sandwich. <laughs> of course he gets a fucking point. Battersea Power Station was sold this year in the UK's biggest property deal. How much was it sold for? CJ, originally went for £20, crossed out and went £800 million. No, I was going to write £20 billion. <laughs> What did what did Pandora say? Six hundred million. It was one point six billion. I, oh, I, went eight, I went for eight hundred million. Oh my god! I love that CJ knows who designed Meghan Markle's wedding. Dress. Who did design Meghan Markle's wedding? Givenchy. Givenchy. Well done. Side note: How, did, how do you know that, CJ? F- Fashion Unzipped podcast. I used to do. Ah. <laughs> Side note: The dress has its own Wikipedia page. But CJ, most of these have been on my own podcast, and I don't remember. <laughs> Number 26, who is Charlie's favourite footballer of all time? And for a bonus point, his current favourite footballer. Ian, right, right, right. Do, 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 do. You know the song. His favourite now is Lucas Torreira. And she got the pronunciation I know, right. Charlie gave me a pronunciation note in the email. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, what did Pandora guess? Pandora went for uh, for all-time David Ginola, who used to live next door to my uncle and auntie. He's pretty cool, though, right, David Ginola? He, Very um, sexy. My auntie... I thought he was David Ginola. Yes, you know, my auntie, uh, when he moved in, knocked on the door to say hello, and he answered wearing only a towel. Oh, 
Oh, stop it. Be still, my beating Officer, heart. please. <laughs> Good God. Oh my God, Dolly, I think I just cracked a rib. Number 27. You can't be so camp of a Thursday Eve. Number t- I would die if David Ginola opened the yeah, door. Yeah, I'd be into that. Oh, what's the, well, who's the one that did Va Va Voom? Ah, Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. Jean, je t'aime. I'd have a go on him as well. God, disgusting. Number 27. What was the, the name of the reverend who gave a rousing sermon at Meghan and Harry's wedding? He went for Reverend Carter. That's not right. Uh, Pandora went for Reverend Michael. Boy, you're sort of both nearly there. It's Michael Curry. He was nowhere close. What are you talking Carter, about? I get half, Curry. I get half a point get for half Michael. You get one. half. You get half. Yeah. That's really bitchy. Pandora mentions most that she is A, thirsty, B, tired, or C, hungover. Uh, thirsty. Thirsty is the correct answer. What did you think well, it was? I'm not tired. I think yeah. that's very unfair because I try really hard, despite being regularly exhausted. Not so tired I am. Um, Ollie takes a piss out of me because I have a saying which came from my mother. I have a raging thirst. <laughs> I've never heard you And my say mother's favourite thing, she says it's on average once a week, there's nothing like, and we fill it in in our heads, there's nothing like a cool glass of water. There's just nothing like a cool glass of I've water. I've never heard you talk about your thirst. Raging thirst, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Number 29. Who did Justin Bieber marry this year? Hayley Baldwin. The answer is not Hayley Baldwin, it's Molly from the Saturdays. <laughs> I'm joking, it's Hayley Baldwin. I just wanted to see if I could have any sort of authority no, in a pop culture arena. No. Number 30. Can I just say, dear listeners, that, Dolly, bear in mind that the high now have been going for almost two years, and it, it wouldn't be immodest to say that it's enjoying some success as a culture podcast discussing current affairs. Dolly said to me last week, the thing is, I just really hate talking about cultural current affairs. I do. I'm terrible at it, I think. It's the entire <laughs> premise of this podcast number 30 number 30 there was a debate this year about how a certain word was heard either you heard laurel or hurry Pandora said hurry no No, no. oh sorry that was my guess yeah Pandora said uh, hardy it's yanny oh I remember that so what are the final scores I think we're probably on about three and a half each one two three four five six seven Dolly, I know that the right thing in these circs is to respect one's quiz master, but... All right, you do it next year, then. Or maybe Charlie should do it next year. I'll do it. Fine, let's trade. Come on. Charlie, what was your score? Ooh! 13. We both got 13. You both got 13! Have you got a tiebreaker? Congratulations, 13 out of 30. That's a uh, strong effort, isn't it? Thanks for that, (laughs) Dolly. Time for a bumper Ask the Hilo. I should kick us off. I recently joined a big entertainment company to work in marketing. It felt like quite a career breakthrough, but the project has been disorganised since I joined. I'm working and I know this is not unusual with people I find lack integrity or honesty and prefer to cover their asses than come together for the work. I found myself becoming increasingly agitated. One colleague remarked, you don't smile as much as when you first started. I've been running the project whilst they just sit back. Perhaps I do need perspective. Perhaps they're right. But part of me feels like I should be allowed to show emotion about things that I think aren't working and that I shouldn't have to worry about. Please help. Mm. It's a tale as old as time as Mm. that, isn't it? There's always an unequal division of labour in the workplace. I know personally that I find it really inappropriate that CJ turns up drunk every record. (laughs) Um, I think it's weird that he insists on... No, we'll stop that. Um... 
I don't really know what the answer is. I do think that the answer is not, and this is not me judging you because God, we've all been there. Is it sounds like you're doing a bit of passive aggression by not smiling. Maybe you're being a bit taciturn, a bit cold with your email responses. Um, what's the answer? Is it an honest conversation saying I don't feel like I'm getting support? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's so easy to just dole this advice out as someone not in this situation, but over and over again, whenever I get these questions and ask the high low I do just think being honest is best because the thing is going to back to the idea of emotional labor that's an expenditure of your emotions and time if you're if you're kind of if you feel like you have to make a point to them or you feel like you're not being heard or you feel like you're not being heard I think it's inappropriate for you to bring your emotions into it not just not just Mm. because not just for the recipients, but it's inappropriate for you. You shouldn't have to be bringing your emotions and into that. Also, to jump in, it's, it's too tiring for you. I think it's important to remember that work relationships or your job or anything about your job is not the same as friendships. These people don't have a personal loyalty to you, um, and being emotional sometimes. And I know this doesn't feel like you've won against the big. It's not your David and Goliath moment. But sometimes I think you have to realise that somewhere might not be the right place for you. Yeah. And if I was you, I would keep my eyes out for a new job. And I would think to myself, well, maybe this isn't the team where I feel satisfied and they're going to give me the best support. I think having an honest conversation would, would be great, but I think you have to be realistic about what these people owe you. I agree. Because work is it's such a specific, like, you know, you're sort of like buddy buddies and close, but... You're also not at all. You are literally bound together by the physical building that you work in and and, and that's it. Mm. So I think keep like a cool perspective on things Mm. and definitely start smiling. Don't let them know anything's remiss. The coolest move I always think, and I'm so proud of my friends when they do this, is when they leave and I know that they have hated working somewhere and their response from their boss has been, oh my God, I had no idea you were looking. And that to me is like the strongest most mature thing and it doesn't mean you have to sense yourself if you have if you have real grievances with this team and how it's working or the work that you're being given or the work that you're expected to do raise them as as issues with hr or your supervisor or people that you work with and then have an honest conversation and then and then try and allow yourself a space where you don't need to bring your emotion into work it's not that I think that it's inappropriate it's just that I'm worried that for you I often encounter people like this in offices and it's more just like that's not a good use of your time or emotions totally and we say this with the benefit of hindsight I've definitely brought oh, totally listen we've been where you are into the, yeah into the workplace um I'm 22 I've been with my boyfriend for four years we have a great relationship but I'm really struggling with his low sex drive it's massively affecting my self-esteem I'm feeling unsexy and rejected it's difficult to talk about it he just shuts me down I'd be heartbroken if we broke up but I don't know if sacrificing my sex life is reasonable do you have any advice I've been listening to a lot of Esther Perel she does this great series called Where Should We Begin which I highly recommend you listen to I think it will give you a lot of comfort and solace and will remind you that you are not the first person to be in this situation and something that Esther Perel says is the biggest lie that we've been pushed 
is in Western romance is that sex should be natural. She said sex, particularly yes. in a long-term I relationship. That's so interesting when she said that. She said it's not, you've got to work on it, mm. you know, particularly mm. when you get to a place of family and intimacy and mm. trust and domestic and habitual and the home and comfort that the other thing, which is eroticism, excitement, passion, you know, spontaneity, it's very, very hard to marry the two. So you have to work on it. So I don't think if I were you, if this guy is your guy and you think he's brilliant and he's good for you in so many other ways I wouldn't write him off because you're not having like amazing sex this long in I would I would say that it's worth addressing and realizing that this is something that a lot of people have to work on it doesn't mean that you're incompatible the only problem that you face is that if he is literally refusing to talk to you about it then you are gonna that is gonna be an issue you know he has to meet you there if you're gonna be open about this stuff i really understand her saying she's a young woman she's like i love him but i don't want to sacrifice my sex totally sex is a hugely important part of feeling connected to the person you're with it's often an indicator of a relationship breakdown before either of you know i am not suggesting a relationship is breaking down there are myriad reasons why people aren't bonking but dolly's right if you can't talk about it you won't get anywhere that's the main thing and i think you need to make that clear to him that the problem isn't the not having sex particularly it's It's the the communication but as pandora said you know i truly believe whatever age that we are sexuality is not just about connection it's also about identity and it's about you know it's who you are and it's a great pleasure of life so if it feels like this is something that is just going to be you can't move past it and he's not willing to even examine it then you know we all deserve passion so i wouldn't feel guilty about saying goodbye to it if it got to that point it's a good takeaway we all deserve passion one last one before we wrap up the episode i have an amazing group of female friends but i have one friend who is highly manipulative she'll say she wants to see me give me a specific time and then not reply if i already have plans she'll say that she's not sure about attending an event whilst telling another friend she'll definitely be there she regularly twists conversations and tells our friends fabricated accounts people overlook her tendencies as she's incredibly generous but i am struggling to do so i know rationally that she's not a good friend and i should stop reaching out i know that rationally she is not a good friend and i should stop reaching out and i can't ignore that the friendship hasn't made me happy for a while i truly care for her but i find myself hurt or made anxious by her should i stop making excuses or keep making an effort two options here i think i think either you decide that she's someone who you love and who you want a future with and whose company you still really enjoy and who you miss and who you're very invested in and who you, like like a marriage, like you want a future with. Mm. If that's what you feel, then you fucking owe this woman mm. your honesty and it's going to be so uncomfortable and it's going to be traumatic and embarrassing for her and upsetting to sit and be honest with her and talk through this stuff and work start press reset she will have a space to maybe air any issues she has with you and then you move forward all i would say about that that is a huge emotional undertaking Mm. to do that and it makes it it's hard for you it's going to be even harder for her it's going to be mortifying and very upsetting for her and she will be defensive so it will be hurtful you know what she comes back with will be hurtful for you to metabolize so it's like the only yeah. the only way you should consider doing this and I say this to women all the time when they ask me about friendships that are in crisis the only way that you should put yourself and her through that is if you 100% know this is a person that you want in your future mm. and you want because to mend it because the alternative it. is the alternative cut her out well I wouldn't even cut her out to be honest I Just think stop. it seems like you still care about mm. her so this definitely isn't 
ghosting or anything but the alternative is and you and I've talked about this before is that sometimes you get to a point with someone where they no longer serve you or make you happy and not only do they no longer make you happy you don't think you're making them happy and you don't see a future with them and you don't miss their company but you still care about them so what you have to do is shift the parameters That's of your what I was friendship say. I find it quite realistic and um, because it's just not something that would apply to me being that doddery old Labrador that Dolly mentioned last episode <laughs> is I don't by nature cut people out yeah so if I was you meet say, someone saying to me we well, just don't see her anymore wouldn't help me no it's so needlessly dramatic think, as well if I I'm think. thinking of your situation in my own head I would say redefine redefine and that's not easy either but it's a it's the most kind of healing process I think you go through is redefine what that friendship means to you there's a way of making her work in your life um and being a friend to her without um her having the ability to hurt you yeah to cause you that way totally so my takeaway would be redefined create new boundaries create new boundaries thank you so much to everyone who listened to the high low in 2018 we'll be back in february 2019 you can rate review and subscribe to the high low on itunes it helps boost us in the charts very good and helps other people find us you can email the high low show at gmail.com no one will be checking we're on holiday you can tweet at the high low show probably won't be checking there and you can write to with wax sealed envelopes <laughs> to the high low at grace o'leary at independent talent can't remember the rest of the address. Google it. Bye-bye. Bye.